The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 156. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Bravehearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position leaders. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Allons-y! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Should be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the Big Finish audio play, Trial of the Veilyard, part of our continuing series of this December of doing some Big Finish audio plays. Joining yeah, it's today the in... big, big, big finish for the year. Yes, December. exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thank you. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, if you can, we'd really appreciate it if you could go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from and write a review. We have a lot of great reviews on Apple Podcasts and the other places, but they're kind of old. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we, we need new ones to continue to attract new listeners. And so as they get older, they become less relevant for the algorithm that tries to use them to recommend to people. So if you could, i really appreciate it if you could go and write a review for us and then also share the podcast with your friends. I hope them, especially those who are Doctor Who fans already, learn more about Doctor Who and learn more about this podcast and maybe some, some new things like Big Finish Audio Plays that they haven't heard before. So we would really appreciate that. So as you know, we're continuing our discussion of some of these Big Finish Audio Plays. There's dozens and dozens of them, uh, but uh, we've picked out Four of them this month that we think that you'll particularly appreciate and enjoy. Uh, last time we talked about Live 34, which was a seventh Doctor story. Father Corey couldn't be with us, but uh, we had a pretty good discussion of that. And uh, so this time we're talking about something called The Trial of the Valyard, featuring the sixth Doctor. Uh, so my understanding is, and, and I say it's my understanding because I haven't seen all of the six Doctors uh, stories, but this is a sequel to... Season 23, the, the Six Correct. Doctors' second full season, which was called, the whole season was, was really based around the one story of the trial right. of a Time Lord. Correct? Right. There was, there was a, uh, they, they took the entire season and they wrapped three stories in an overarching meta story. It almost, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. It, it kind of precursors how they do Doctor Who now, where there's kind of an overarching story, but this was much more explicit. And okay. the idea was the Doctor was pulled back to Gallifrey or to a Gallifreyan spaceship, it wasn't even to Gallifrey, and was put on trial. Yeah, and this was very meta because there was a question at the time of would Doctor Who even continue? The BBC was not happy with Colin Baker and what John Nathan Turner was doing with the show at the time. He was the showrunner. And so there was a question of is Doctor Who even going to continue? And they decided to, since the show was on trial, they decided to put the trial on the show and <laughs> yeah. so we got this season of trial of a time lord it was set as father Corey said on this gallifreyan space station 
we had four stories, including the departure of Perry and the introduction of the new companion, Mel. The trial was uh, presided over by, uh, you know, a, a court, but at the head of the court was this Madame Inquisitor, who is mm -hmm. the same one we meet in this story, played by the same yep. actress. And the prosecutor was a figure called the Valiard, which was mm -hmm. explained on screen as the term Valiard, as meaning something like noble counselor or something. It's some Gallifreyan word. And... As the series progressed, now we had a lot of, you know, Sixth Doctor courtroom bombastics going on. Mm -hmm. The Doctor would continuously malaprop the <laughs> Valyard's name. He'd call him the Boneyard and the Scrapyard and things like that. <laughs> and then it's revealed late in the series that the Valyard is somehow related to the Doctor himself. Right. And the original plan that Robert Holmes had was that the Valyard was simply going to be a future evil incarnation of the Doctor for reals. Mm -hmm. And they took the edge off that a little bit. John Nathan Turner didn't want to go that dark, but also Robert Holmes was having health problems and he had to bail out. And so actually the final episode of this of the Trial of the Time Lord series was written by a married uh, pair of writers named Pip and Jane Baker who mm -hmm. came in and were brought in just for that. And for contractual reasons, they could not be told what had originally been planned, so they had to make it up uh, uh, to, to avoid copyright issues. But what they finally said on screen, according to the master, so this is not to be relied upon 100%, but according to the master, the Valyard is an amalgamation of the darker sides of the Doctor's nature taken somewhere between his 12th and final regeneration. Mm. And so he is sort of the doctor, but kind of like an amalgam of the doctor's dark sides, which is very similar to the Dream Lord that we got introduced to in Matt Smith's time, mm. who was also an, an amalgamation of the doctor's dark side. So people have often compared the Dream Lord to the Valyard. It also turned out that the Valyard, if he successfully prosecuted the doctor, was to have been given the doctor's future regenerations. So he would have been given his own new life. At least six more regenerations. Yeah. Right. Now, since we're past the time that the Valyard would have appeared, since we're now past, you know, Matt Smith was the final incarnation of this cycle of regenerations. He was the 12th, and yeah. He, he, well, he was the, uh, the 11th Doctor. But, but he was the because 12th. Yeah. He, he was the 13th incarnation because you had the metacrisis regeneration where david right. Tennant regenerated into himself and you also had the war doctor which means that according to the original timeline the failure would have appeared between the metacrisis regeneration and matt smith and mm -hmm. we didn't see him so that raises a question about does the failure exist in current continuity you could always say the time lore, the time where rewrote things, which is the go-to explanation. But we do have other references to the Valyard, including in the David Tennant era. If you uh, go back and you you watch the name of the Doctor, when we have the big payoff at this is not when he regenerates at Trenzalore, but when he first goes to Trenzalore, the Great Intelligence tells the characters, he tells the Paternoster gang that the future does not go well for the Doctor, and he, he becomes a variety of ominous-sounding things, including the Valyard. 
And so Stephen Moffat was indicating, even as he was building up to the new cycle of regenerations, that the Valyard is still out there in the Doctor's future. And uh, Big Finish has also been exploring things with the Valyard. There's even just released a new play with Paul McGann and the War Valyard. So the hmm. Valyard is, oh, here's another thing we could use in the Time War. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to the War Doctor, the War Master, we also have the War Valyard now. And it's all played by the same actor. This, though, is, I love this reintroduction of the Valyard, Trial of the Valyard, because it inverts what happened in Trial of, of a Time Lord. So there you had the Valyard as the prosecutor, the Madam Inquisitor as the judge, and the Doctor was on trial. Now the Valyard's on trial, the Doctor has to be his defense counsel, and the Madam Inquisitor is judge again. So you had said that the, we, we should have seen the Valyard bet, between David Tennant and Matt Smith. Right, but I, correct. But uh, given uh, uh, given what we have heard before and what we hear in this play, I thought it was between the twelfth incarnation and the final, whenever the final happens to well, be, and that's kind now, of what they do in this one is they kind of talk about you know that th there is a final incarnation that may not be the thirteenth, and that's where well, the Valiant falls. The way it was understood for a long time was what would have been the regeneration between the Metacrisis and Matt Smith. Okay. Of course, when when this was written, the thought that they would actually get to the thirteenth Doctor, the thirteenth regeneration, anytime right. soon, was not even in their picture. And it wasn't right. Yeah, they still had seven more actors they could go through before they had to worry about <laughs> yeah. that. Well, now we finally reached that. Yeah, it's like Star Trek putting the eugenics wars in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, right. you know, it was so far in the future, and the thought that well, eventually we'll get there, but we'll deal with it then. You know, and and of course. I'm sure at that point, too, they figured, you know, this show is going to die off in a few years anyway, so who cares? Right. <laughs> I mean, right. really, there was kind of that thought, too, I'm sure. But so, I mean, I think there is there is some kind of headcanon going on now where people will say, well, you did say between the 12th and the final, but of course, now the Doctor has a whole new set of regenerations, so there's a whole right. another 13 regenerations between the 12th and the final, you know, there's a little of that going on, I think too. Yeah. Right. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in this particular story that kind of opens up some possibilities as well, which we will get to. Right. But at the time, the assumption was that the 13th regeneration was the final. And so it had to be between the 12th and 13th. And okay. Now that's not the case. So now we can reinterpret final to just mean last. Okay. Yep. So, uh, the, the story starts with the Doctor being abducted into this Time Lord space station again, the, which he recognizes as the same one where he's put on trial. And he assumes that, he, uh, <laughs> that he's on trial again, and, and, and he's all blustering and upset. And, but he won't let anyone get a word in edgewise, typically, as the Doctor the does, uh, to explain to him that this, is, this time is different. Uh, he, by the way, he comes alone. He has no companion in this one. That's, a, mm -hmm. that's yeah. an, an interesting and, and he does initially come voluntarily, but he doesn't know why. And then as right. soon as he gets here, he realizes I'm on the same space station. They, they're putting me on trial again, he thinks. Right. Uh, he, and in fact, he gets to the point where he's like, I plead guilty to whatever it is you're charging me with. I'm done with that. Don't want to have to go through this again. I'm yeah. guilty. <laughs> I like he refers to the 17 sons of Casturbarus. Um, <laughs> during the course of his rant. Casturbarus is the constellation that Gallifrey is in, 
And that makes no sense because constellations are things you only see from the outside. So the Gallifreyans would not identify themselves as being in a constellation unless they encountered a more powerful species that, you know, recognized Gallifrey as being in a constellation. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I know that we like, what constellation is Earth in? Or the, our, our Sol, our sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I like about this story, before we get too much further, is is how the loyalties and trust shifts from one side to the other. So first it's the Doctor and the Inquisitor against the Villier, and then the Doctor sort of shifts to being on the Inquisitor's side and then back again. And there's this, there's this flow in the narrative, back and forth, mm-hmm. and, you do, and mm-hmm. you're not quite sure where you stand uh, at any particular point right to the very end. One of the things I really like and you know it's really great having the same three actors from the TV yep. series playing these parts. I love the imperiousness of the Madame Inquisitor. Yep. And she's very regal, uh but not entirely trustworthy, but sort of trustworthy and then you have the Valiard who were is not meant to be trustworthy, but he's so suave and mm-hmm. you know there's stuff going on behind his eyes even though you can't see his eyes and he he comes across at these moments where even though you're not supposed to trust him you know he'll he'll suddenly challenge assumptions and you think maybe he's telling the truth maybe he's right so you know there's this moment early on for example where they're talking about the idea that the the valiard is a future incarnation of the doctor and he says am i (laughs) <laughs> you know, it just challenges that. And yeah. do you, have you investigated the circumstances of my creation? Right. And that's his way of getting the circumstances of his creation on the table. You know, one one thing one thing I, re- I really appreciate about this is it's written so well that it puts things out there. And this is something new who needs to learn a lesson on how to, you know, challenge kind of the, the, the traditional canon or the traditional understanding without actually challenging it. because. <laughs> right. You know, you don't know. Everything the Valyard said in this could be a complete and total lie. How he was created, where he came from, you know, I mean, uh, well, and of course, we'll talk a lot of this stuff. It could all be an absolute total lie. Even the assumption of the Valyard being, again, the, 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 the uh, offshoot of the Doctor could be a complete and total lie. Right. It, but it keeps that little question. Is, like you said, Jimmy, is he telling the truth? Is, it, is this the real thing? We don't yeah. know. You can't is you can't be comfortable in any of this. You can't just settle back. You, you it challenges the listener throughout as well. Yeah. Um, One of the things they're doing since this is a trial is they're playing on the implications. Now, I to to be fair, I, I the writing in this I find a little inconsistent. I love some of the concepts. I love some of the dialogue. They've got lots of snappy, intelligent dialogue with a surprising number of cultural references, including biblical references, Yeah, one of which I'll mention later on. So I like those aspects of the dialogue. On the other hand, it's a little bombastic, and we have a little bit, you know, too much, I think, of cycles of the doctor refusing to cooperate with the procedure and telling people to shut up and things like that. So it's a little over the top. But one of the things that I think is neat about this trial is if you think about how our justice system works, it's heavily dependent on us not having the ability to change the past. It's all about (laughs) figuring out what happened in the past. And so what happens in a trial where you could change the facts of the past in the middle of the trial? Right. And it becomes Kafkaesque. There's a famous play 
called just the trial by Franz Kafka, in which a man is put on trial in this kind of totalitarian Orwellian situation, and he's not even told the charges against him. And we have that happening here. The doc, the charges against the Valiard are classified, so the doctor has to defend him against charges he doesn't even know. And then we have the Time Lords, by implication, it comes out, they've been changing the law in the course of the trial to get around the ex post facto, you can't put a person on trial for something that wasn't illegal at the time. And so they've, in, apparently in the trial, they've changed the law so that it's for hundreds of years, there's been a death sentence for hacking a computer, um, namely yeah. the Matrix, which is what the Valyard's accused of doing. And then the plot turns out to involve a, a planet or a moon that they're orbiting that's described as just being a nameless mud ball around a gas giant called Ada Row. And then all of a sudden, the mud ball isn't there anymore. It's been spatially displaced. And so you have the Time Lords changing the evidence and the facts in the middle of the trial. And that, again, is very Kafka-esque, but it's a science fiction application of that concept of the kangaroo court. Yeah, a couple of interesting things that come out early on in this in this uh, play is um, so the 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 Valiant has selected the doctor to be his 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 lawyer, basically his his defender in mm-hmm. in this case, which is a complete you know turning things on its head, given how the doctor feels about the Valiant pu- uh, putting him on trial. And at first, the doctor's like, uh, "He's guilty. Whatever you're charging with, he's guilty. I don't care what the charges are. Uh, <laughs> just guilty." And you know. And he thinks that the Valyard is trying to somehow use this trial to shift the blame to the doctor somehow. Yeah, so he can get his regenerations again. Right. So he thinks that, so that's that's how he starts with. And he's not necessarily wrong, perhaps. Um, the, and then one thing the Valyard says, which is interesting, and you can tell me if this has come up bef- somewhere before or if this is new here. The Valyard says the doctor threw away their future when the doctor was elected Lord High President of Gallifrey, but instead ran away. Oh yeah, that, yes. that's happened a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Both the the fourth and the fifth. The fourth doctor was elected president and ran away, and then the fifth doctor came back and like temporarily assumed the office and then ran away. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, I, those are episodes I have not seen yet. So I just yeah, that's the, check the five out. doctors is the one where he runs away again. Okay. Yeah. By the way, one reference that comes up in this that people will not know if they haven't heard Trial of a Time Lord is they keep referring to the planet Ravelox, yep. and every time that happens, the Madam Inquisitor shuts them down. It's like Ravelox is a forbidden subject. We're not going to talk about Ravelox. And it, it, that's actually from the Trial of a Time Lord. In the Trial of a Time Lord, one of the stories is set in the distant future on the planet Ravelox. But it turns out that Ravelox is really Earth, and the Time Lords have spatially displaced Earth and hidden it for Mm. reasons. And so it's like this classified Time Lord secret that Ravelox is really Earth. And that's also then what they're alluding to when they talk about the mud ball being spatially displaced like Ravelox. They haven't Mm -hmm. deleted it from time. They've just moved it which is why the Doctor is then able to go to the Mudball world. So, so now we know where the Daleks got the idea. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Time Lords did it first. Uh, okay. So uh, the Inquisitor says that the, uh, also says that the identity of the Valyard beyond being the Valyard is classified, and they t- can't discuss his identity and his connection to both the Doctor uh, 
um, well, they they won't discuss his identity, and that gets both the doctor and the Valyard mad. And uh, mm-hmm. the doctor says the Valyard, like we said before, is between his twelfth and final incarnations. Which... And 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 that line of dialogue prompted a fan theory that they touch on here because he says that it's between in the final dialogue that ended up in the shooting script it's not just he's a future incarnation but he's between these two incarnations right how does that work well we have seen a time lord manifestation before that's kind of between two incarnations Mm -hmm. we saw it with canpo uh john pertwee's master um, when he regenerated, and then we saw it again in a more explicit form when Tom Baker regenerated and a watcher appeared right. as like a past projection of a future doctor that served as a bridge between the incarnations. And so that got fans thinking maybe the Valyard is like a sort of permanent watcher, and they address that here. The The doctor proposes maybe the Valyard is a watcher, and it's like, have you ever seen a watcher? Yes. Did he look like the Valyard? No, but maybe he was in disguise. And so right. they, they acknowledge that fan theory. Interesting. Um, it comes out that, so th- this whole thing about the death penalty being, the the law being changed to make hacking a death penalty offense, um, comes out of this discussion, and I got a little lost here. They ta- they bring out this data core that was hacked, mm-hmm. and it's ancient, and then, so, and therefore, for some reason, that invalidates this idea that the law making hacking a capital crime was recently passed. I didn't understand how this yeah. this being ancient ma- made any sense with the capital so, crime so yeah so they they establish that the law has only been changed recently which raises the question of well should it even apply because ex- you can't convict people on ex post facto grounds you can't change the law and then convict them based on the new law right and so they need, even though the law was changed recently, they need the law to have been changed a long time ago so that it would apply to what the Valyard did. And so the Time Lords have apparently gone back in time several centuries and had the president at the time, who was of a different house than all the recent right. presidents, have enacted this law. So it's a recent change that actually dates from the distant past. And all the hard drives are color coded to the house of the current president, right? It'd be like a type of decree. It'd be like the the seal of 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 the queen on a, you know, the house of the queen on a parchment. I just thought like maybe like under a Republican president we have uh, red thumb drives, and under a Democrat president we only get blue (laughs) thumb drives. So maybe that in essence, yeah, Yeah, in essence. Uh, So then there's this big twist where the Valier says, "I I admit all guilt on all charges," and then he claims that it's because. That's going to let him throw himself on the mercy of the court, the Inquisitor's mm-hmm. pity, he calls it. It's his, it's his way of getting the circumstances of his creation on the table. So he wants to introduce what's called a plea of mitigation, or he's mm-hmm. going to appeal to the court's mercy. Right. And in order to explain the grounds of why he needs mercy, he needs to tell his life story. So it's his way of introducing the circumstances of his creation into the court. Okay, okay. Of course, there's also a, another reason, which we'll come to in a minute. Which is the real reason he he does this, or maybe a, an additional reason he does this? So he tells his story. I I do not know what chapter of what house of Rassilon I was born into, and I was a foundling. And so the doctor again, we're still on this presumption that somehow the 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 Avaliard and the doctor are the same person. So the doctor doesn't say that this is wrong. So was the doctor a foundling? 
Well, which we get hints at in 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 Moffat's time. Yeah. So in this in this the way I understood this, and it syncs up to things he goes on to say. So he says he was found on the mud ball below that they're yeah. orbiting, and that's why he was here. It also has a, ma- a matrix door. That's a doorway into the Time Lord's super mega computer, computer internet matrix thing. <laughs> and he was found on this planet. His bio data matched the doctor's, though. So apparently he was a child when he regenerated. He regenerated into a time tot, Yeah, it seems. And his bio data matched the doctor, and so they sent him to something called a shadow house. Uh, he also connects shadow houses with black nurseries and Rassilon's attic. And basically, these are homes for Rassilon's mistakes, mm. P- time lords that have regenerated improperly. They regenerated right. into time tots, which is apparently what happened to him, or they only half regenerated, or they regenerated but their brains didn't, or they regenerated into unspeakable forms, or they regenerated inside out. <laughs> and yeah. and this is something we've we've had allusions to, kind of, this is more extreme, but when the Peter Davison's fifth doctor regenerated, I mean, he he almost didn't make it at first. Right. Something was right. going wrong with the re, with his regeneration, and he said this regeneration may fail. And so there are. And then he when he started to regenerate, he said, "I may not regenerate. It feels different this time." So there can be apparently shaky regenerations that don't work. And mm-hmm. Time Lords, the Time Lord solution to that is stick them away in asylums, basically. Right. right. And so since here's a, an apparent failed regeneration with the doctor's bioprint, let's stick him in an asylum. And while he's there, he meets another Time Lord who had seen him in his own future. And this one is a Time Lord who's flickering. He's existing in a state of permanent paradox. And he's constantly, microsecond by microsecond, flickering between two different regenerations which is a terrifying concept. Yeah, it's consequently right. hard to look at because he's all blurry. <laughs> and so the Paradox Time Lord takes an interest in the Valyard and tells him to get revenge, to study forbidden regeneration technology secrets and get revenge. And so that's what sets the Valyard down the path of investigating the circumstances of his own creation. So Time Lord regeneration came from Rassilon. He's the one who came up with the technology, right? Yes, but it's, according to Big Finish, it's also more complicated than that. There was also uh, Artron, uh, the scientist. uh, Mm -hmm. Recently, there was an audio play with Artron in it, who's the scientist that Artron Regeneration Energy is named after. Okay. So, and and the Valyard says that the 12th regeneration limit is arbitrary and that you can go on indefinitely. Uh, whereas the accepted orthodoxy is that the 13th regeneration is always mad. Or something goes wrong, like madness, yeah. So the Madam Inquisitor mentioned something called symbiotic nuclei. Apparently, and this has been mentioned on screen on the TV show, Time Lords have something called a symbiotic nucleus, which, among other things, allows them to travel safely through time. But it also, in... Uh, in the auxiliary material is connected to the regeneration process. Apparently, when a Time Lord regenerates, the symbiotic nucleus splits, and it can only split so many times before it becomes unstable. And mm. something like madness or or just failure to regenerate will happen. And according to the Valyard, Rassilon created 
this instability in order to keep the Time Lords under control so right. they couldn't just become immortals and, and, and be free of whatever. So this is kind of like the implanted, created yellow vulnerability in a Green Lantern's power ring that doesn't have to be there for intrinsic reasons. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of SQPN, with a special message. The StarQuest Network is fulfilling its mission to explore the intersection of faith and pop culture. And in the past year, we've reached stunning new heights. Our programs are reaching broad new audiences with a message that helps us discern good entertainment, make sense of the world, and share the gospel with others. We continue to launch new shows and bring back great shows. We just relaunched Secrets of Star Wars, which comes at the perfect moment to capture the excitement over the new show, The Mandalorian, and the climax of the new Star Wars movies. The support of our audience is vital to this work and has helped us grow closer to meeting our financial obligations. For that, we are very grateful. But we still need to close the gap. Every new gift extends our deadline. But until we eliminate our deficits, the future of StarQuest and your favorite shows remain in question. This is why it's crucial we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you're already a supporter of StarQuest, we are very grateful and we ask you to prayerfully consider increasing increasing your support at this time. If you are not yet a supporter, please become one now. We urgently need your help in every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? That lets us provide more than 40 hours of professionally produced shows with compelling content. We have special thank you gifts for donors at several giving levels. If you are a business owner or just want to provide a leadership level of support, we now have a special giving level for sponsors, like in public broadcasting. For $500 per month, you or your business can sponsor one of the shows on our network. Listeners will hear a message in every episode thanking you for your sponsorship and giving your website. We'll also have your name and link on the SQPN webpage and in the show notes of every episode during your sponsorship. Whatever level of support you can offer, whether large or small, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas and remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. And may God bless you and yours as we approach the celebration of our Lord's birth. So this play, and I don't think I mentioned this earlier, came out in December of 2013, which was right at the time that we got, that Matt Smith was about to regenerate into Peter Capaldi, into the mm-hmm. what we call the 12th Doctor, which would have been the 14th in uh, regeneration. Do you think that there was some idea in this, that they were playing off of this idea of, well, you know, he's about to become mad and maybe it... I, I think part of it, again, is going back to anything and everything the Valyard says is up for question, yeah. whether or not he's mm-hmm. telling the truth, you know? So as far as I know, I mean, we, we, there's always been the, 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 you get 13 lives, you know, 12 regenerations, and that's it. And I don't think we've, they've ever said that the last regeneration is one that would fail necessarily. It's just once okay. you reached your last life and that you die there, that's it. I think is how they've really, okay. I've always understood it. I think this is Big Finish playing with the idea of what would happen at the end of a Time Lord's regeneration cycle if it's not renewed. I don't think they had any input from the TV show in doing this, though. They were just, mm-hmm. this is their own speculations. I don't think Stephen mm-hmm. Moffat said, here's what I'm going to do now right around this. No, yeah, I get that. I, I'm just thinking that the, the when they were writing this, they would have known that yes. you know, the, the the war doctor, like that whole yep. 
day and night of the Doctor thing was coming, and that came up before. Maybe. I mean, this would have been recorded at some point before that. But there was there was speculation that there was a that this big event was coming. Um, I don't know that people knew that the War Doctor was coming, but there was. But we. But, or 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 that the uh, Beta Crisis regeneration would count as a real right. regeneration. Right. Um. But certainly there was there, there must have been some thought like okay. Matt Smith is the eleventh Doctor. Where you know we've ha- we've time is running out on the regenerations. I wonder if that sort of inspired this story. I don't think I saw anything online that said that, but I'm I'm kind of I kind of wonder whether the the timing of this story has is was at all connected to Matt Smith's time coming to an end. I think you're right on that part. As far as you know, they knew that Matt Smith's era was coming to an end, but again, as they thought, well, the Doctors only had eleven lives up to this point. Right. We've still got two more, you know, so what could happen in, you know, in two, you know, say in five, six years when whoever follows Matt Smith comes, he gets ready to leave, then what, you know? Right. And so, right. but the, I, then all of a sudden it's revealed, oh, wait a second, there's this other regeneration we didn't know about. So that's moved it up. We've only got one more left. And oh, by the way, the Metacrisis one, they said counted. So now we're out with Matt Smith. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I did find a note that this was recorded in May of 2013, so pretty far in advance. Yes, they mm-hmm. probably they probably wouldn't have had any idea of what was being planned for the yeah. The yeah but it's their way of playing. I mean, they are getting towards the end of the cycle on the TV show, and this is Big Finish's way of playing with the concepts. Right, and okay. it's a good time to bring the Valyard back. Exactly. Yeah. So the Valyard has been doing regeneration experiments, and in order to really see if you could get the symbiotic nucleus to continue to divide after the 13th regeneration, you would need someone who's in their 13th regeneration. And so the Valyard says it would be a Time Lord in his final regeneration who would do these experiments. And so you, Doctor, in your 13th regeneration are going to be the one that creates (laughs) me because you fear becoming me you're trying to find a stable way to regenerate beyond the 13th one and that ends up paradoxically producing me so he accuses the doctor of being his own creator also and 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 the doctor is initially dismissive of this and and says what evidence do you have for that and he appeals to the fact that they're orbiting this nameless mudball around the uh planet the gas giant Ada Row and he then, and this this is a pretty deep dive into Doctor <laughs> Who yeah. Yeah. lore, but the Valyard points out that of all the planets in the universe, this one is Eta Rho, after the Greek letters Eta and Rho. And what are the very next letters in the Greek alphabet? After Eta comes Theta, and after Rho comes Sigma. So Eta Rho, if you transpose it one letter, becomes Theta Sigma, and what's the significance of that, Doctor? <laughs> and yeah. it's the Doctor's nickname from when he was in the Academy. That's something we learned as far back <laughs> yeah. as the Fourth Doctor in Ooh, Tom Baker's right. time in the in the Armageddon Factor. He meets a fellow Time Lord named Drax, who knew him back in the Academy and refers to him as Theta Sigma. Also in the Seventh Doctor's time in the Happiness Patrol. The doctor explains, I believe, to Ace that Theta Sigma was his nickname at college. Right. So okay. somehow there, the significance of this planet is connected to the doctor's college nickname, and, and that's somehow <laughs> evidence. 
Yeah, that's a pretty that's pretty thin evidence, frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I I thought it was a strange addition inclusion in the story because I, I just I, 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 they could have been fine without it. I just thought it was a very it was it was yeah. that was very much fan service kind of wink wink. Yeah. yeah. So the Valia does say that you know the evidence is right there below the the orbiting space station on the or would have been on the planet below in the mud ball. The doctor's illegal laboratory was there, and he describes it in detail of what they would find inside, including um, a tea caddy. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, over the doctor's objections, the inquisitor finds no grounds for the mitigation, and so therefore the Valyard must die to be executed immediately uh, through uh, what do they call it? some kind of um, termination tube. Termination tube, which is a nice. Uh, uh, anodyne <laughs> phrase yeah. there. Th- think, uh, think a transporter, but not materializing on them at the end. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and so, as the as the Valyard, and I'm going to put air quotes here, dies. The he says this plants the seeds for the Doctor's future as the Valyard in him. Uh, so very very ominous. Uh, statement. Yeah, seeing the Time Lords kill his future self apparently is meant to cause a realization on the doctor's part of how fundamentally corrupt the time lords are and he needs to reject their values and eventually that'll lead him to becoming the valiard right never mind he already thought that <laughs> yes <laughs> which in fact says that at length at the beginning of this uh, story that he, that they are corrupt so uh the doctor finds the lost planet we don't have to go, go through too much detail of that i don't think but uh they finds the lost mud ball that's around in a row and the lab that the valiard talked about and, and he meets, meets a hermit. Yeah, meets someone in there. This rambling guy who seems mad, um, making references. A lot of the references yes. he makes sounds like other incarnations of the Doctor. Yes, yep. totally. That's exactly what they are. He meets this hermit who's his own. He eventually pieces it together. The hermit is his own future 13th regeneration, and he's crazy because he's the last regeneration. And the hermit is great. He's a, I love this hermit. He's this charming guy very affable he's also nuts yeah and he's like he's commenting on colin baker's famous multicolored coat it's oh take your coat no i'll keep it on thanks oh pity i could use a coat had one <laughs> like it yesterday was it yesterday yeah and and so he's a allu- that's an allusion to the fact he used to be colin baker and then he starts rambling about different uh ladies from history and says lovely girls all of them left them in such strange places which is an allusion to the doctor leaving companions mm-hmm. who are usually female in strange places. He then starts dropping in references all the way back to the very first episode at an earthly child where the doctor was found in Foreman's junkyard in Totter's Lane. And so the hermit is like, I'm the foreman. Uh, what is it they call ships in China? Junks, junkyard, listen to me, tottering about. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yes. And he then and he, starts talking about tea and Polly put the kettle on. Oh, there's no Polly here. Shame. I liked her. Lovely girls. All of them. Left them in such strange places. And he makes an allusion to the, the doctor's jacket and the biblical Joseph's uh, many yes. coat of many yep. colors. Um, and this is this is the one I wanted to mention. Eventually, yeah. the doctor gives him his coat and he uh, uh, talks about coat of many colors like Joseph, one of 12 brothers killed and thrown down the well. And that yep. is really resonant here because you've had the 12 previous incarnations. Those are the 12 yep. brothers. Mm-hmm. And then he's the last unlucky one. Unlucky, that's what I am. Unlucky 13. And he's 
in a moment, he's going to go down a well. Yes. But unlike Joseph, he ain't coming back up again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well, in fact, except he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he runs off in, he, uh, well, does he? I mean, he drowns himself in the mud, right? He dies in the mud, and the yeah. mud goes all the way to the center of the planet. Right. So the, the military he, he, shows up with right. the Inquisitor, and he panics. Okay. And runs run, runs runs out and ends up running into a mud pit and supposedly drowning. Okay, yeah. I but, think I've lost. I lost a thread here. Was the was the crazy m- madman really the Valyard? Yes, yes. yes. And oh. when he when they when he come the Valyard comes back up. The Doctor. So let's backfill to get to that point. Okay. So the Hermit has a tea caddy. Yes. In the lab that he offers to make tea from or have the doctor make tea and on the tea caddy is a label that says theta sigma and the military beams in and the doctor and the hermit go out to meet them and the doctor is concerned that the hermit may get sucked down into mud on the mudball planet and he then does he's got more babbling that he does he even mentions fish people from Patrick Troughton's time. Right. That, we, that was the underwater menace that we reviewed. Um, the Madam Inquisitor has the Castellan, who doesn't isn't a speaking role in this, uh, goes and gets the tea caddy. And she thinks the evidence of the that the Doctor's Black Scrolls, his re- study on the forbidden study of the regeneration process, is in the tea caddy. And so she thinks the tea caddy may contain the evidence for the formula for unlimited regeneration and maybe even immortality. And so she wants the doctor to open the tea caddy because it's got a biometric lock indicated by the theta sigma. Only the doctor can open it. And the doctor notes that as soon as you got down here, you made a your guards made a beeline for that tea caddy. You knew it was here. That's what you wanted. So he's starting to distrust the Madam Inquisitor. And he notes, well, wait a minute, if the Valyard was arrested here, you don't need me to open it. He could have opened it. And she says the Valyard refused to open the tea caddy. He was afraid of the truth. And that's when she says, I think it's got the key to immortality in it. And the doctor says, well, the Valyard wanted me to open it. This is his final conclusion. The Valyard wanted me to open it. And whatever he wanted, I do not. And he takes the tea caddy and he throws it down in the mud. And at that point, we hear a strange noise, and the doctor says it's got a particle disseminator in it. In other words, it's a bomb. And at that point, the, he says to the Valyard, you may as well come out. The, the jig is up. And so at that point, the Valyard emerges from the mud, or the hermit emerges from the mud, and his voice changes from the voice of the hermit to the voice of the Valyard. And he says, Doctor, you're no fun anymore. So the oh. hermit was just the Valyard in disguise. Right. And the, and the mud pit wasn't actually a mud pit. It was another door to the Matrix. Right. Okay. Just okay. like was underneath the Valyard's stand where he was standing when he was on trial. Or, or above like, the Valyard stand. Yeah. 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 That's and, how he escaped termination was it was actually he had, he had rigged it so that there was a, an escape, a escape, escape hatch, hatch basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was very missy of him. Yeah. Very. So the doctor says, so there were no Black Scrolls. It was, this was all just a ruse to get us, meaning me and Madam Inquisitor, out in the open to blow us to bits. 
And Madam Inquisitor says, why? And the Villiard says, revenge. <laughs> right. And so that's what this has all been about. It was all the Villiard trying to get revenge on Madam Inquisitor and the Doctor for what happened in Trial of a Time Lord. Uh, he then teleports through the Matrix door and gets away. So he's out there to roam into the Big Finish universe. And the Doctor and Madam Inquisitor get in the Doctor's TARDIS and go back to the space station. Right. Uh, yeah, I like how uh, all the uh, soldiers and everyone else abandons the Inquisitor and the Doctor at yep. the first sign of a bomb. Like, hey, um, uh, hello. <laughs> and yeah. so they have to take the the, the Doctor's yeah, they, TARDIS. They, they jump in their uh, TARDIS and disappear as quick as they can. Right. Um, and then I do want to point out for those of you who aren't British, a tea caddy is a box that contains tea. <laughs> essentially, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, I I had in my mind a tea caddy being a, like a rolling cart, but that's different. like a tea service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I had so I the but a tea caddy is is a box essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end, the doctor thinks that there's a grain of truth in the Valiard's claims. He thinks that he that the Valiard was aided and abetted by a high-ranking Time Lord coming to the end of his 12th regeneration looking for this secret of immortality. Right, uh, and he, he specifically points to the fact there was a matrix door above where the termination tube was supposed to be to let the Valiard escape. He couldn't have right. gotten that into a courtroom without connivance on somebody's part. Right. And, and so we had this banter between the Doctor and the Madam Inquisitor that strongly implies that she's the one. Right. You know, he, he starts out by asking her aid. You know, what's, what regeneration is she in? Age is a time lady's prerogative, you know, <laughs> suggesting right. she's older than she wants to admit. Yes. And the doctor reveals he thinks the Valiard had an accomplice, and she says, who could possibly have profited from an association with the Valiard? And the doctor says, well, somebody intrigued by what he had on offer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. In other words, the immortality secrets that she was very interested in getting out of the time caddy. Right. right. And she says, are you, are you thinking of any specific person? And he says, I can prove nothing. And she <laughs> says, well, then you leave me no alternative. I shall have to open a full judicial investigation. And he says, Madam Inquisitor, from you, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> so, yeah. meaning this investigation is going to go nowhere because we both know you were the you and the Valiard were were in connivance here, and he was playing you to blow both of us up. Right, right. It's okay. kind of like the joke of a certain uh, uh, celebrity who who is searching for his wife's killer on every golf course possible. <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> uh, that there's a deep cut old reference. Uh, I, I purposely picked an old <laughs> reference. That's nice. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So again, I I really enjoyed this, uh, and and like you said, I like the Sixth Doctor here much more than I liked him in in the you know the the his original TV seasons. Um, and, and, uh, and to be fair, I mean, in in my opinion, my personal opinion, he was much better in the actual Trial of a Time Lord season than he was in his first season. Now, okay. yeah, it was kind of li- too little, too late, unfortunately for him, but he was right. better. I'm looking forward to that. And it was still bombastic. Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree with you, Jimmy. That the the writing you know, the, at some points in the writing in this was really good. Sometimes you know, like you said, a little uh, the 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 ranting, the bombast went on a little too long, a little over the top. Uh, but but in general, I mean, it was a good story, and I, I enjoy it. And it's only about an hour long. It's not a it's not a very long story. I didn't I didn't mention at the beginning. And so I, it's I think it's 
it's a it's a very worthwhile listen for folks. And um, if you haven't already listened to it, we've kind of spoiled it for you. So hopefully you've listened to it. But it's still, I think, still worthwhile. Um, oh, yeah. And a nice introduction. It's a fun story. I like it for the acting. Uh, now, the, you can hear some of the age in Colin Baker's voice, but the Madam Inquisitor and the Valyard sound sharp as tacks, and their delivery is great. The Valyard yeah. is very suave and sinister and occasionally believable. Right. <laughs> just like exactly. this guy yeah. may be telling the truth here. And the Kermit also is great. I just love his, when he realizes he's talking to Colin Baker, who's the sixth doctor. Oh, who are you? So, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other makes 12. 12 lords are leaping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and it made me think of, so, okay, actually, the 13th doctor, Matt Smith, was kind of mad. Maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe we did have a little bit of that 13th incarnation badness creeping through into the TV show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The bad man in a box. Bad man in a box. Yes, the little the uh, the little man, um, the raggedy man. I think is how uh, yeah Amy yeah. described him too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so anything left to say about this uh, from Father Corey? Do you have nope. any other notes? Okay, uh, Jimmy. Anything left to say? Nope. That's awesome. Before we wrap things up, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Martin P, Jonathan B, Deborah F, Julie M, and Tony S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Uh, we'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show every week for us. We are very grateful for his volunteering, uh, his expertise in helping us produce the show. So that's it from us. What do you think of this Big Finish story, Trial of the Valyard? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page, or you can send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing our Christmas special. That's right. In true Doctor Who fashion, we will have a Christmas special. Our usual release day this year is December 25th. You know that uh, on a Wednesday we usually release, and so it's December twenty fifth this year, and we're going to be doing a another big finish story, an eighth Doctor story that is a Christmas story called Chimes at Midnight, and uh, we'll have a link in this week's show notes for the story that you could you could purchase from Big Finish and listen to it ahead of time. And again, all of these are pretty reasonably priced. Some of them are two ninety nine, some of them mm-hmm. are seven ninety nine, really reasonably priced uh, uh, audio plays. So uh, check that out. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. And Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, the Valier didn't kill himself. Right. This is going to be fun.